0: Welcome to the Making Jobs Podcast, where we talk about car repair, business ownership, and everything in between. I'm your host, Matt Hernandez, founder and owner of Matt's Mobile Mechanics. And I'm your co-host, Tyler Schultz, with Witness Security. So without further ado, let's get this show on the road. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, second podcast from my office. That is, that is correct. One so, for you, one for me. For those of our listeners who also listen to the Protecting What Matters Most podcast, you would know that uh, we recorded that one from the witness office. And we're recording this one from the witness office as well. Yeah, I'm uh, <coughs> still doing security, watching
1: the cameras, making sure we don't have no jerks yeah just uh rolling around here in our property
0: Mm-hmm. that's one of the things about uh being a business owner that uh you know anyone who owns a small business knows that there's a lot of weird roles that you'll fill that n- aren't necessarily in your normal job description uh one of which is uh, in this particular case, working security. <clears throat> I mean, I know you guys. Well, we are, we security. are a security company, but normally we don't actually don't, work security. Yeah, you don't normally do security guard. Although you guys are a cleat license. Yeah. Um, business. The the crazy thing is, we and the reason we started doing
1: it is we had too many units get broken into in a short uh, period of time. Yeah. And we we went. I wanna say we went close to seven, eight months without ever having without a an single, issue. Yeah. And then um just a week and a half ago, you now we uh had um I wanna say four units get broken into mm-hmm. and uh a few vehicles get messed with. Yep. And what's funny though is we had a customer because uh, we had had a few vehicles get messed with. Um, he shows up to pay his bill, and the girls here in the office said, Hey, by the way, let us know uh, if your vehicle got messed with as well. And so he goes back there, and he goes, uh, looks at his, tr- or his food truck that's back there, mm-hmm. and he says, Oh, yeah, the, there, there was a, uh, w- one of the windows was broken. And I'm going okay. I didn't see any glass laying anywhere, but okay. So I go back there, um, and Liette and I, and I'm looking. I'm like, there isn't any glass. I said, there's a break here on on the driver's side window, but that's a really old break. You can actually see where dirt has gotten into that break. <laughs> and then there's also one on the windshield, but that one as well really old brick Mm -hmm. and so he was trying to say that the the glass being broken was
0: new what did he think did he think you guys were going to be paying for it or something because i mean honestly (laughs) i don't know it's very it's very plain and obvious and and this is the case with any storage facility is that you have to insure your own yeah items like the, the storage facility is not responsible for theft or we actually provide insurance too. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> well, and, and most, a lot of people's insurance policies cover this oh, yeah. type of stuff. Anyways, like I wouldn't need to get additional insurance because in fact, the things that I have stored here are covered under various different insurance policies between like the boat is insured. Um, <coughs> uh, Which funny enough, the boat has full coverage insurance on it. And I'm pretty sure it costs like excuse me. I think I think it costs like eighty bucks a year. I don't remember how much it was. It was like It was stupid. It was so cheap that I was like, yeah, whatever. Stupid cheap. Yeah. I think I paid I can't even I'm pretty positive that I even paid I may have paid like just the full year's policy for it or something along those lines.
1: For some reason I I want to say that you said something around thirty or fifty bucks for the year, which was why we're both saying yeah.
0: stupid cheap. Yeah, yeah, no, I think the difference was like twenty bucks a year or something. That's like, right. Like I think it was gonna be like liability 50. versus yeah, full. fifty for like liability and then like eighty for like full coverage. And I was like, let's uh, let's go with that uh, full coverage there,
1: <laughs> which was really funny because. Uh, if someone steals that boat, we paid what? How much?
0: Seven hundred and fifty. Seven
1: hundred and fifty bucks for a boat.
0: Yeah, after deductible and everything, I think we would get like I want to say it was going to be over around a thousand. I think the we're not boats, going and
1: buying a Chris Craft boat. No. If we in on the return on that. No, but boat.
0: we'd certainly be able to go find ourselves another John boat, <coughs> John boat that we could upgrade to. Yeah, yeah, might be, a, might even be a slight upgrade. Yeah, so. So there's these break-ins that had had been occurring past tense. They're not anymore because people are, you know, here uh, overnight <clears throat> keeping an eye on the place. And I have decided uh, for th- this will be the third shift now to also tag along with Tyler um, as a show of force. Yeah. Um, I
1: mean, we go from one of the people <clears throat> sitting here, my sister, um, she'll sit here with sometimes her dog sometimes she doesn't bring any dog and it's just her sitting in a car Mm -hmm. or she'll sit in the office which i find kind of funny she doesn't bring gun or anything and then we go from her to you and i which
0: is uh gi joe and my sidearm yeah no I, I I figured this. This is what I think. I think if someone is looking at the place and you know they consider- they had considered coming back, there might be a chance that they catch you know they, they they're watching on the shift that that I'm patrolling down the aisles, and they see a guy with uh you know armor on and uh, attack vest and an AR15. And a sidearm, and they're like, hmm, maybe, maybe, maybe this is not the place for us to be breaking into anymore.
1: Yeah, I hope uh, at least it would stop it for until I can get. Uh, I got, I want to say I got nine more cameras that I'm going to be putting in.
0: Yeah, you guys are going to have cameras every... Like, you there's not like, be able to fart in
1: here without being <laughs> seen. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And
1: uh, I, I hope after I get those, then we can stop doing the, uh, overnight security. Granted, uh, not having security here will, uh, won't, I mean, we won't be able to do anything other than pull video, but yeah. I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm getting sick and
0: tired of doing this. <laughs> it's not half bad. I think the worst would be the middle shift yeah you know, oh, it would midnight uh, to three. I haven't
1: had to do that shift uh neither have i <laughs> the The awesome thing and the reason being is um uh, the fact that I've got this podcast and your pa- in my podcast
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh and then um uh, I've got
0: installs and stuff to do, and yeah, whatnot as well. yeah, so
1: Keith and Lietta swapped back and forth on the uh middle shift. Yeah. And I have taken the first shift a couple of times. But uh
0: I'd prefer not to do the the middle shift. Yeah, that would be the right one. Cuz it honestly at that point you're like, well, you're kind of up for the day. What do you gonna do? Go back to sleep for 2 hours and then have to get back to Man, work? I could. <clears throat> oh, I can't. See, that's the thing is. I would be awake. I'd be done. So, um so what's oh, the topics for the day. Uh I've got an update, a uh, slight update on um sba a few things with the sba uh basically the update ppe or ppp ppp i do have my personal protective equipment i've got it right here um and uh that would be my um second chance vest yeah it's called they call it a second chance vest but i've noticed that that is that's less common uh these days people don't People call them, they don't necessarily call them second chance vests as much anymore. Uh, The Kevlar vest? Yeah. um, I hear them called ballistics vest. I hear them called bulletproof vest. I hear them called um, flak vest, which that's a completely different thing. Flak is is more uh, to protect against fragmentation and stuff, not necessarily bullets. Um, But uh, a slight... Uh, uh, I guess a uh, slight little history lesson here on the bulletproof vest that is typically worn by law enforcement, and what I'm presently wearing today. Uh, was invented by a pizza delivery guy. Do you know this? Really? Or, yeah, a pizza guy. So, well, he was a he was in well, the Marine Corps. Why the it makes sense why the uh, the lines
1: are so straight on the. On the <laughs> The plates. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, he... Um, so, it, uh, a guy in the... I, I wish I could remember his name off the top of my head. you would have to look it up, but... Uh, he, yeah, he's on it. Um, he's a m- Marine. He was in the Marine Corps in Vietnam, I believe. <clears throat> gets back from the Marine Corps. He gets out of the Marine Corps, and he opens up a pizza shop in Detroit. And while he was delivering a pizza down a, he was he, the address was in an alley. He gets held up and mugged by three dudes, and so he loses all his money. And then the next time he gets an he gets an order for the same address, he comes prepared with a 22 revolver. And whenever the guys show up to mug him basically using the same M.O. Uh, He then pops off several rounds at his attackers, and I guess he wounds most of two of the three guys, I think. But he himself takes a gunshot wound to the leg and gets grazed in the temple. So, uh, while he was recovering from that in the hospital, uh, his pizza shop got burned to the ground. So... I don't know, I I haven't read into that to see if that was related or if that was retaliation for him shooting up the guys that, and this is in Detroit, this isn't a not-so-nice area either, it's on Seven Mile Road, Um, he got... So that must be a
1: different story, because the guy that I'm seeing here, his name is Casimir Zeglin.
0: Casimir Zeglin, that's not him. And <laughs> it
1: says uh, he's a Polish engineer in 1869 near Tarnopol, died not before 1927, who invented the first bulletproof vest. I'm glad that they threw it in that he did. Uh, he did not die before he invented the bulletproof vest, because <laughs> that would be really difficult to make invent something from the grave. I don't know
0: about you, but I don't. I not plan on doing anything after I die. Richard Davis. Okay, this is this is um, who, and this is and the, the, what I'm talking about is modern. Uh, so, the present modern day armor. So now there were bulletproof this, vests before. I was this. Say,
1: this one's probably a really yes. rudimentary.
0: What I'm talking about is like the one that I'm wearing today, the one that law enforcement um, wears to this day. Um, the modern. Um, bulletproof vest was invented by a guy named uh, Richard Davis he was uh, in the Marine Corps gets out then he becomes you know a a pizza shop owner and after his uh, after he got shot in this uh, the second altercation with the people that tried to mug him these three attackers and he was while he was recovering, his pizza shop gets burned to the ground, probably retaliate, retaliation. I don't think the crime was ever, you know, investigated. I don't know. I haven't looked that much into that portion of the story. But now he has no pizza shop and $70 to his name. And he's like, well, what am I going to do with this? Well, at the time, uh, DuPont had just made some major breakthroughs in tire technology using a material called Kevlar. Hmm. which is basically a very tightly woven fabric. Um, and so he gets his hands on some of this Kevlar from the tire manufacturer, and he designs the modern-day bulletproof vest, also known as the Second Chance Vest. And now he says, so now now he hasn't, he hasn't, uh, he hasn't He's trying to figure out a way to sell it because he wants to uh, basically get it into the hands of law enforcement. He wants to give it to police. He wants police to be wearing this. So, in order to get the attention um, to be able to sell this product to the police, he makes a video. And you can see this video if you try if you look up uh, Richard Davis. Uh, I don't know exactly what to search, but I bet it wouldn't be too hard to find. I'll see if I can find it and link in the description. But uh, Richard Davis... Uh, the video shows him shooting himself point blank in the chest with the, with the second chance vest. He's, he's got the gun pointed at himself, at his chest, pulls the trigger. It shoots himself in the chest and then he turns around and fires several shots off at targets. then he takes the vest off. You see a big old bruise in the center of his chest, but he's fine. And that's what, uh, that's what, uh, Basically, that he's the man that's responsible for saving who knows how many countless lives due to the uh, modern day, um, the modern day uh, ballistics vest, the armor, the second chance vest that's still worn by law enforcement officers. <coughs> now, some improvements have been made over the years, but the basic design remains the same. The tightly woven Kevlar is your 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 basic ingredients for your second chance vest. So anyhow,
1: but also with bulletproof vests now they come with a uh, plate in there to stop the breezing, right? Or no.
0: Um, so there's two, there's a couple of things. There's, <clears throat> there's what you call, you have, um, you have plate armor. You have, you so say you have like plate carriers, like, uh, you, that can carry hard armor, like ceramic or composite or steel, armor plates that do the bullet stopping but there's also trauma pads and trauma pads are basically uh kinetic absorbers they're to absorb the energy of the bullet Um, they're not necessarily designed to prevent penetration like the kevlar is but they're designed to disperse and absorb the energy so that way you're not breaking ribs every time you get shot (coughs) sure um so there is trauma pads generally speaking though the majority of majority of police officers are going to be like when they're just out on patrol they're typically going to be wearing second chance vests they may have a um, a small plate covering their front vitals but gen- like most uh, most departments on unless they're going into a known dangerous situation they're just wearing a second chance vest. Not necessarily a trauma pad or any uh plate armor <coughs> or hard armor as it's known. So, anywho, uh update on the SBA. They're still dumb. Um nobody is so it's looking an awful lot like it is confirmed that the SBA is only giving out a thousand dollars per employee for the advance on the EIDL. Um, There's also a lot of information that is indicating that most people who have applied for the EIDL for right now are only going to get a a maximum of like a $15,000 loan and with potential option for funding in the future, so in a couple of months. So that would that wouldn't be terrible for a lot of small for some small businesses to get a uh, let's say you have if you do have ten employees you get the ten thousand dollar advance slash grant and then a fifteen thousand dollar loan once the loan closes so you have a total of twenty five thousand dollars that can get you a long ways if you're a relatively smaller business without a ton of overhead. However, what about the businesses who do, you know, uh nine hundred thousand, one point two million, one point five million or so a year and their overhead is, you know, absurd. Much higher than that, yeah. Um uh, in fact So my question to that is uh what happened to the the stipulations that they were putting in place for The CARES Act? Basically, basically, SBA is giving the big old middle finger to every single small business owner, and they're 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 telling they're basically not following the directives of Congress, um, or the law that was signed into uh, signed into place in the CARES Act, right? Hmm. So, this is and this is based off of the only information this is based off of is one there was a. a statement released by a regional SBA director in, uh, I believe, out of Massachusetts or something stupid like that, um, who said that it would be $1,000 per employee. Well, that statement had since been taken down, and everyone thought, well, maybe that's not the case. But I've been following um several subreddits uh trying to see if anyone has gotten this this advance yet to know what to expect and some of the early applicants have been and they're reporting that they're getting in uh basically a $1000 per employee uh so <laughs> hmm. cuz uh like us we were supposed to be
1: getting in the ballpark of 40 $42,000 um, for our, uh, it, what, it, what it was based on was our
0: um, Your payroll. Your payroll? That's the PPP, though. Okay, so, yeah, that would be a different I'm talking one. about the EIDL advance, the environmental or economic. I get them both confused because. Economic Injury Disaster Loans. So that is issued directly through the SBA and not through a third-party lender like the PPP. Right. So. The problem that, you know, for instance, let's just say this. Um, so how many employees do you have on the books? You've got, you have less than 10, don't you? I think so. So. I'm k- trying to think.
1: We get <coughs> Keith, myself, uh, Catherine, Robert,
0: Kyla. You get six. And Naomi. Seven. So let's say this. <laughs> you get a $7,000 advance. Well, that that doesn't that doesn't that barely covers payroll for that doesn't certainly doesn't cover payroll for covers, a month no it covers like payroll for a week two and weeks. a half yeah so so couple that so and then on top of that so this advance is supposed to be you know basically quick money to hold businesses over till they can get more funding from the closing on the EIDL loan so then couple that with the fact that the EIDL which is supposed to be up to um, I can't remember the exact numbers now. I've been looking at so many different loan programs, but I think it's 10 million, I think is the cap on the EIDL. It, anyways, it's, it's way up there. Um, it's into the millions and really up to, um, uh, up to $200,000 without any collateral being required to be placed down. um. So that would allow a business uh, of your operating range to be able to get a substantial loan that would cover six months of operating capital pretty comfortably, sure. um, and do so at a low interest <coughs> rate and a you know a thirty-year term with twelve months deferred payments, right? <clears throat> sure. Well, if they're just going to then give you fifteen thousand dollars until with an option to fund the loan more, the question is, is are they going to get around to it fast enough before that money runs out? Because if you get a total of $21,000, that does not, that lasts you barely two months, not even two months, right? Right. Um, I mean, that, and that, we're talking just payroll. We're not talking overhead, you know, the cost of rent or the cost of anything else. Like, it, that is just payroll alone. So, I I have a sneaking suspicion that once this is all said and done, the businesses that do survive, or even the ones that don't, um, there's a good chance that they'll be getting together and putting together a class action lawsuit against the Small Business Administration. And I would not be opposed to that. In fact, I personally believe that uh, the Small Business Administration should be held responsible um, for their actions and i uh, honestly would not be like i wouldn't sh- i would not lose sleep if um if if we had if we had a whole bunch of people in the sba uh, get arrested and go spend some time in jail for this this is this is beyond absurd that they would that they would change that they would they would do whatever the heck they feel like doing the purpose of the advance was supposed to be to get quick funding to businesses. They have not done that. It's been uh, going on over two weeks now. Um, well, I mean,
1: my thought is okay. President President Trump and the Congress signed it into law. Laws aren't just put in, in into place because um, they they thought it was hey this is this is something we just want to do willy nilly. Yeah. No, they put it into place because hey we're in a dire straits we need yeah. to make sure that well, the lifeblood of our economy is taken care of and it's, it's, we won't have a lifeblood of our economy and it's
0: not for the fault of the small business owners they're not the ones who told who were told to shut like they didn't shut down on their own they were like, told to i mean
1: just just uh in general every single one of these businesses in the plaza right here next to my property uh-huh um uh, I'd say seventy to eighty percent of them are non-essential. Yeah. Tool Tool world. Mm-hmm. They they aren't coming in. I'm pretty positive. Um, the hair salon. That that one. Yeah. We've brought shut up down. multiple times. Yeah. Um, uh, they're shut down. They actually. We actually
0: specifically ha- have brought up that hair salon before.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that one specifically, they um were police showed up and everything to
0: kick them out of there. Yeah. And. They don't have a choice. And this is my point is that if if the government, like, here's the deal. I don't think that the government is responsible for bailing out businesses when businesses aren't doing well because necessarily because the economy is down. I think that it's not necessarily the government's responsibility. I think it's a good idea if we were in a situation where we had a bad economy. The, The smart thing to do is to ensure that small businesses keep afloat so that way we can build our economy. But, but particularly in this situation, the government is the one... Shut is, the companies yes, down. The government is 100% responsible. 100% responsible for the economic injury that, is, I, I that these it businesses was, are
1: I in. don't think it was Trump's fault. No. Tr- Trump was only relying on his advisors, and his advisors said, we have got to shut everything down. We've got to shut the country down. And he said, so that everybody stays at home well here's
0: the thing. regardless and of who was it whether it was Trump or whether it was a democrat in office the same outcome would have come oh, because yeah. everyone would have said you know everyone would have said we should shut this place down and it would be the opposite what would happen is like everyone would be you know all the republicans would be saying hey i told you so we shouldn't have shut this down and the democrats would have been like ah. anyhow my, my, the the thing is is the government is the one that took away every like, all these people's exactly. money exactly they took away their, their source of income, and it's starting to affect the essential businesses. I don't know about you, but I've started to see a pretty significant slowdown. Well, like we, you and I were talking
1: as we went out uh, to Bristol this past weekend, mm-hmm. uh, we had 29... Uh, two weeks ago, we had 29 sales appointments. Last weekend, or last week, we had um, five. Mm-hmm. Or actually, no. Yeah, yeah. Last week, we had five. This week... I I would say that we probably don't even have that many on the schedule. Yeah. Uh, nothing.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's and 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 it's and it's going to be the same story for a lot of small businesses everywhere, with the exception of a few. Um, and here's the deal: is like initially things look good for gun stores, but here's the deal: like gun stores, it doesn't. You know they may they may be okay for a few months because they got a sudden surge of income, but gun sales don't have a huge profit margin to begin with. Um, no. Uh, in fact, a lot of times they're making like sixty bucks, seventy bucks every every gun they sell. Like it's not much. It's right. not much at all. Now, if they sell out all of a sudden, yeah, it's it is. Just- They've, yeah, to how it's been lately. They, they've, made a, they've made a fairly good amount of money, but the problem is, is eventually um, people are going to stop buying because they don't have any money to buy or because everyone who's bought a firearm has already bought a firearm. And um, and on top of that, what if they can't get things back in stock? Now they're, they're dead in the water. So <clears throat> now they, they have, have no have inventory. If they don't have inventory, they don't have income. So they may have made two months, maybe three months worth of uh, of, sales. of of uh, yeah income I- inside of a couple of weeks. But if they can't get more guns on the shelves in three months, uh, and people don't start, you know, and the economy doesn't turn around to where people can start buying guns again, then they're going to be in a they're going to be in a tight ship as well. Um, uh, tight ship? No. Uh, a, a bad, they'll be in the same boat. <laughs> I, there's, there's some sort of nautical <laughs> theme going on there. So th- th- this this lack of of immediate funding, this lack of like th- this complete disregard for and then on top of that the PPP program that it, they keep they keep moving the goalpost around for, and the banks are all kinds of confused because the SBA doesn't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And a few people have started getting funding from the PPP, but again, I don't think the PPP is the necessarily the best answer for everybody, but I'm going to have to start potentially looking into it if the EIDL is never going to go anywhere. So um, we haven't
1: gotten information uh, on the uh, SBA so much as we have on the PPP. And the PPP, th- that thing, uh, when it comes to it, they, we filled out the application. Mm-hmm. Then they had us refill out. Uh, the thing, I guess things changed. They did. So we had to refill it out. Yeah. Then things changed again. Yeah.
0: And this past week, we had to refill it all out. This is why. So I just I got an email, and this may be good information for some small businesses. I don't know if, they, if everyone's received this email or not, but Square is about to start offering the uh, ability to do a payroll protection plan loan through them. So that's good for people who have a good relationship with Square. Um, I'm yeah, uh, kidding. I'm what you call a preferred merchant through Square. Um, and so sometimes they may. So that being said, even if you didn't get the email from them, I'll let everyone know the moment that it becomes available. They are not doing it yet. They're not even accepting applications yet because they're trying to sort everything out because they don't want to do with like what your bank is dealing with. Where they are offering it, people are applying, and then the SBA switches things up on them, and they, they the, the regulations change around, and so they have to move things around like that, um, and then and basically do another application and take and redo these applications three, four, five times, um, and it's not it's not at the fault of Regent Bank, uh, who, who's handling it, or or Arvest Bank, or whoever, whatever the you know all these banks. Yeah. they're they're dealing with the SBA, who's changing things around on them and changing requirements and changing regulations. And again, this is this is meant to be a quick funding source to keep the economy going. And we're going on. Uh, let's see, we're going on nearly a full month now um, since this since this um, you know pandemic started becoming a problem. And between the between. Uh, Congress not being able to get their heads out of their butts to to act quickly enough to, to get the CARES Act through, uh, slowing things down by a couple weeks, and, and then the SBA basically ignoring everything that Congress said because they're th- saying, Oh, well, we can't do that, we can't get it, we can't get the money out in three days. Who cares? Uh, honestly, I this, don't is, this care, is what. But-
1: I don't care about the three days as much. Just get it here. Yeah. It well, should not take sh- two and three and four weeks. No,
0: it should. And not only that, but most businesses are in the same boat that I am, and they have received zero communication from the SBA. Yeah. Nobody sent an email. Got no email. Um, no no one's called. We haven't had any loan officers calling or anything like that.
1: We haven't had... We, we've got a guy that's working our, uh, our case through Regent Bank, and... He uh, And again, this is PPP. The SBA, we've not had anybody contact us. No, because I know you guys stupid. have
0: applied for the EIDL. And well, the, we,
1: we applied for both of our businesses. Yeah. Uh, Tulsa Security Storage and Witness Security. Mm-hmm. And not a single call.
0: Nothing. And you're not going to get anything uh, for a while. Which just
1: kind of blows my mind. You got two businesses. Uh, if one of them wasn't a valid one, Call up and say, well th- that's not really a valid deal, but for two of them both of them
0: they're nothing? not no they're not they're not doing any i mean i don't I don't know what they're doing over there, but I can tell you right now that they're now. It, I will say that a lot of in a lot of
1: cases government wise they because everybody is in this stay at home order, there's a good possibility that most of them are staying at home,
0: such as um, I, don't, I don't think that's the like there's that would be the most irresponsibly crazy thing if the SBA is not is not fully staffed. and I, I don't think that's a case fact. I think a lot of what is happening right now, I think they have uh, they've hired a lot of new people that don't know what's going on because if you call and talk to the SBA, uh, nobody knows what's going on. I mean, well, when so, I say nobody knows, I mean they legitimately have no idea. Like even uh, Regent Bank
1: uh, and that dude. He he says we we responded with the paperwork this past weekend, and his response uh, he it was a canned thing that came back with, uh, I'm sorry I'm out of the office due to uh, a newborn. Well, okay, but we were working on this before <clears throat> a newborn came along, and you are able to do if, if we've been having these conversations and most of these banks, I'm pretty positive. Have this stay-at-home order. They're, they're non-essential when it comes to um, mm-hmm. them actually having to be in the office. They can do all this stuff from home. Newborn or not, you're sitting at home watching TV. Yeah. So just feel it. Fulfill the, fulfill the obligations. That's what's annoying. Is um, n- they're not responding. Mm-hmm. And because they're not responding, they are making
0: well not to mention that but the people the payroll protection plan funding is limited so this is like so it's it's basically mad dash every single business is trying to trying to get a you know get desperately needed funding so uh, like again and on top of that to top it all off right you know The ones, the businesses who are really in dire straits, who who have zero income, uh, and have and and they have not received either. No, hardly anybody has received EIDL uh, funding, whether it be through the advance or the actual funding itself. In fact, I don't think anybody has actually received the funding from the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. A few people. Uh, I've seen reported have received in advance, which is based off a thousand dollars per employee, which is absolutely uh, bonkers. Like that's not at all the the the, S, the 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 CARES Act does not outline and say that that the SBA can make up their own arbitrary uh, rules to what is allowed for this uh, this grant. It is supposed to be a grant. Um, so anyhow, there's that. They're not getting that. Uh, payroll protection plan, good uh, luck, because that's going to, you know, some people may have got funded from it, but a lot of banks aren't even capable of issuing the loans because their, their, their regulations and rules have changed and they have to redo applications and all this stuff. And then the majority of states right now still have not um, gotten the ability to allow self-employed or independent contractors um, to um, to be able to apply for unemployment. So, like this hair salon, uh, a few places down, or the majority of the businesses in that plaza next door to you that are shut down and, are, and were forcibly shut down by the government, they have they have had zero income now for going on a month, and they have no other they have no option. Like it's not like they can't they can't go to unemployment, right? Um, and you know w- what about groceries? people say, well, there's food stamps available. Okay, uh, thing is, uh, they can't get they they, they It's going to be really difficult. It's going to take They've had payment. They've had they've been making income. Yeah, you know they're, they're what what shows that they've been making good enough income to not qualify for food stamps. I I think that the plan is they're supposed to be doing an expedited process uh that is allowing people to get emergency food stamp funding right now uh i haven't looked i haven't looked into that that's another thing that i need to look into to update everyone on but i think we should take a break and after the break i will um i'll I'll go into a little bit of information that i learned about the unemployment situation in oklahoma i sat uh listened in on a um, telephone town hall with the uh, OESC the Oklahoma Employment Securities Commission and I did get a few answers on that in respect to self-employed individuals and what to expect and what to do right now while you're while we're waiting uh, for everyone to figure out what's going on so um, I will we'll come back here after a word from our sponsor. That was yeah.
1: a long break. They wouldn't know. They but wouldn't we know.
0: Did. Yeah. Um we uh just went and did a, did a quick round walking through the units, making sure everything's uh A okay. Which there's only a few things off uh, off kilter. Off kilter? Yeah,
1: I'd say that would is be that, a good way to put it. Is that a word? I <clears throat> like you said before we, we came back. I don't understand why someone would leave your now, your, your livelihood completely yeah. unlocked.
0: Yeah. People forget things. I mean, I don't forget to lock things that frequently. There's been rare occasions where I'll, like, go to unlock my camper shell, the side door, and I find that it's unlocked already, and I go, man, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. But,
1: <clears throat> um, I mean, I've left my... Truck unlocked for an afternoon, and I when I pass by the the truck and I see that the the lock is sitting or the, the you know how uh, the commercial or commercial vehicles they have the, the lock you can see if it's locked yeah. or unlocked yeah just by glancing at it. I've walked by it in the afternoon and I'm like oh man about two hours ago I might have been in it man I forgot to hit the lock button so I open it up and lock it. Uh, especially if I'm at home, if I'm out and about working, I usually leave my truck unlocked. Not so that anybody uh, listen to this podcast can snap, uh, swing through and grab some tools or whatever, but it's just easier.
0: Yeah, I'm usually in and out of my truck. I usually same way. I'll I'll leave it unlocked unless I'm working in such a manner that I'm away from my truck to where like I can't see it. Right. Um. Like if I... and that, that's
1: me in a lot of cases uh, I'm now actually getting in the habit being the fact that I have the remote on my keychain mm-hmm. that as I get out I hit the lock button and as I'm coming back up to the truck I can unlock it without yeah. having to deal with it much but uh, it used to be I was so uh, I guess you could say flippant about it that I would leave my keys in the ignition yeah, yeah. and I've tried getting myself out of that habit. Yeah, it's
0: probably a good habit, especially considering that like your parents' truck was stolen Well, basically because True,
1: like, but that one was an unwrapped uh vehicle. It was gonna if someone steals our vehicles uh now they're be difficult to I don't to hide think it. <clears throat> so I my parents though. don't have any vehicles that are unwrapped. Mm-hmm. Liette has the Yukon, which has been rewrapped in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, my wife, her car, and the, my truck are both wrapped. So if anybody steals any of our vehicles right now, yeah, be easy to spot. I mean, I mean I, even from a helicopter. Yeah.
0: Well, the thing is, though, is there are some there are some sneaky individuals that do this professionally and. Uh, that vehicle will be inside a shop and so, like, so quick your head will spin and it will be, uh, it will be processed and... Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, back on, on to point. topic. The, uh, so I listened in to, actually, funny enough, you were just pulling up, was that a press conference or a press release? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right it's on cue. It's <laughs> Now it, so
1: it was some sort of, uh, it was an interview with uh, Secretary uh, Sean Copeland.
0: But that was on, so that was on Thursday, which is strange because on Friday of last week, I listened in onto a telephone town hall and the Oklahoma Employment Security Commission uh, was giving me some, basically, information contradictory to what that uh, statement was. It's kind of interesting how government does that. <clears throat> Yeah, they don't really know their head from their butt. <sighs> no, know one I hand guess. doesn't talk to the other ever in government. Um, I mean, so here's the so here's what I was uh, what I got from the telephone town hall, which I asked my questions. I you know I posted them on the uh, in the chat section, the online question. It never got gotten to. Um, but someone else had asked that basically the same questions, and that is, <clears throat> basically, in regards to self-employed individuals, um, how is unemployment going to like when will the unemployment be opened up to self-employed individuals? Because technically it is opened up. it is of av- it is available. It's just not hardly any states have a means to apply for it if you're self-employed. The system automatically denies. If you if you click that you're self-employed because right. that's how it has been for 80 something years um, or just about 80 years since unemployment has unemployment benefits have been a thing um, so uh, what I found out what what they what they said what OESC said in the town hall is that they're working on it and there will be a new portal um, set up soon like they're hoping by mid-April, which we're coming up on mid-April here. Um, actually, by the time this podcast released, it will be, uh, by the time you guys are hearing this, it will be past mid-April. So there's a chance that by the time this airs, that it will be available for uh, small business owners and self-employed individuals, independent contractors to then apply for unemployment insurance. Now, here's the way it works. Um, there is... You will get. Um, you can. You can get 13 weeks of benefits, provided that you know no business is coming in, or you're not. You're unable to go to work. They've waived the uh, requirement for work search um, during the initial 13 weeks, uh, at least for now. I don't know if they will continue to waive the work search or not. And then the government authorizes an additional. Um, or rather during the first uh, 26 weeks, sorry. And then there is an additional 13 weeks authorized by the federal government that can basically extend that out to 39 weeks. Um, here's the deal, though. The additional $600 per week is only going to be in, f- in effect from uh, basically the weeks of April 4th through July 25th. So, it's not the full time unless things change and the government issues another, you know, additional uh, funding to put another, you know, to put more into the unemployment uh, 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 funding. So...
1: That is amazing that they... Where
0: where did they even
1: come up with that number? What number? The the $600 per week
0: plus your... uh, Plus your your benefits, your unemployment benefits. Now, here's the deal with self-employed individuals: is I will say that the a lot of self-employed individuals are going to, however it may be that they qualify or whatever the whatever in, income they're looking at, they if they're going off of, which nine times out of ten they're probably going off your Schedule C tax return. Uh, most smart small business owners do their best to limit their tax liability by. Um, creating as many, you know, or not creating, but utilizing as many deductions as possible to limit the amount of money you're having to spend in taxes. So that makes your income look a whole lot lower um, than than it really could be. So um, they're likely going to go off of adjusted gross income I don't know that to be fact, but I'm pretty positive. Cause just from dealing with you know anything in the small business world, it's always if they're wanting to look at income for your business, there's two ways that that anyone looks at anything, and that is your cash flow, um, which is through your bank, you know your bank statements or your adjusted gross income on your Schedule C tax return. Right. Um, now, generally speaking, the only people that are looking at cash flow through your bank account are those who are offering capital loans. Um, everyone else, literally everyone else, um, is looking at adjusted gross income. And that's how they're determining your proof of income, or that's what your proof of income is. Right. So let's say you as a business owner make, you know, you net You sort of kind of net, let's say before we factor in all deductions, what you're really making is, say, 50 grand a year. Um, But then you also drive 30,000 miles a year. Well, that's a $15,000 deduction that gets removed off of your income. And so your adjusted gross income would then actually be $35,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Um, just by that one deduction alone, not to mention any other deductions that you have um, that get factored in. Now, did you spend $15,000 maintaining and fueling your vehicle? Probably not, but you're going to take advantage of whatever tax deduction the IRS legally allows you to take, so that way you can reduce your taxable income. And that uh, that will that that at every small business owner knows if they've been playing this game for any amount of time that it is a double-edged sword. Um, if you know it's good whenever it comes to tax liability, but it comes back to bite you whenever you're trying to prove that no, you're like no, look, I actually make more money than this. But it, it's a uh, it's troublesome and problematic. I, I know from personal experience, uh, you know, when you're working on trying to get a mortgage, that always, you know, comes back to hurt you because it shows, you know, you, you have difficult time unless you have a mortgage broker that knows how to make some magic happen with some numbers and throw some deductions back in to show that you actually make more money than what your adjusted gross income figure shows. So I have a feeling that whenever you are, like, your unemployment benefits are going to be based off of the adjusted gross income. Uh, And if that's the case, then there is a chance that a lot of people are only going to be getting, like, a couple hundred bucks uh, a week in unemployment insurance benefits. And then, so that additional 600 could really, really help. You know, say you only make $200 a week. Um, then six hundred dollars. That's that. Well, that'll help things out. Now you can make. You know, now you're making a total of eight hundred dollars a week, and that'll help. But only for the weeks of April fourth through July twenty fifth. Now, uh, here's another fun factor, uh, fun fact for anyone who does go to apply. If you have been affected by COVID nineteen, you have had to shut down your business. Then, uh, just because. Uh, we're in the middle of April now. Does not mean that your benefits don't start sooner. You can, they they have said that for self-employed individuals, they can backdate those unemployment claims uh, to when the when the uh, when your business was affected. Now, I'm not a CPA, um, uh, and I'm not a financial advisor by any stretch of the imagination. But I do know a thing or two, and I've done the maths. And I will say this, that even if you have been affected earlier, because the, they can go all the way back to February, but, my, but, but the $600 a week addition does not go back that far. It starts the week of April 4th, I think the week ending in April 4th, as far as I understand, going to July 25th. And you have a limited amount of weeks that you can claim total, anyways. So my recommendation would be that you would start your you would start your benefits uh, beginning April 4th, especially if your benefits without that $600 a week is, doesn't amount to much. So yeah, you can go back to say March 15th, whenever your business was forced to close down, and that's whenever you you know, want to get your backdated, um, you know, income in, but now you're only getting like 200 bucks a week. So you're getting backdated, you're getting back paid $800 for that, for all four of those weeks. But you've also taken four weeks out of the total 26 weeks that you can take, uh, plus the additional 13, which would make it to 39. So those four weeks of backdated pay, aren't really going to get you a, they're not they're they're taking what i basically what i'm getting at is you want the maximum amount of benefits to be occurring during the time period that you can receive the 600 dollars additional week bonus i, so, I just
1: want to say the reason i'm being quiet over here because this is way over my head yeah but but and that's why i uh, <laughs> i let matt
0: and this was way
1: School over. School me on things so th- th- like this.
0: Up until up until like um, a few weeks ago, I honestly knew nothing. Like I had an idea of how unemployment worked. I pay unemployment insurance for you know for my W two employees. Uh, I've paid into the system, but I had no idea how how I, I've never had a I've never had an employee claim unemployment. So I've never I didn't know how that affected a business. I've never had to I've never had to even look into the idea of unemployment. And um, so, and, th- and that's the case with a lot of small business owners. Probably, is that they're not well versed in the in, in the application process in general.
1: In a lot of cases, most business owners, <clears throat> I think, they rely on their CPA or their tax guy. Well,
0: and on top of that, if you've been a small business owner for any amount of time, even if you had filed for unemployment at some point in your in the past. You, you haven't, you certainly haven't done it in a long time because up until recently, self-employed individuals could not file, uh, for unemployment. If, 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 uh, if you work full-time self-employed, then you don't qualify. Right. Um, so now if you work part-time self-employed, you can qualify, um, Uh, Based off of past criteria. Nowadays, though, or now, since the CARES Act, you do qualify. So it's kind of one of those things where um, people, um, uh, business owners are likely not. This is why I took a deep dive into it to try and get as much information as I could, because I know that there's some people that are going to need it. Uh, businesses that have been shut down now for a month and have not got to make a single dime and on top of that there's no nobody's getting nobody's getting funded on their EIDL grants uh, or advances as they're calling it
1: I'd say it's a safe bet and a really sa- a really safe bet <clears> of <throat> that that most businesses that have been shut down for a month uh-huh. Will not be opening again.
0: No, and that's and that's the that's the tough thing. Um, and then, unless... not only
1: that, they're going to have to go work for the man until they can uh, mm-hmm. they can get.
0: I mean, there's a saving grace here in that there may be a chance that this this unemployment benefits come in and they can start paying, taking care of their personal bills, and then they have money, right? And that'll hold them off, hold them over until. They maybe finally get an EIDL loan or advance or combination of the loan and advance, and potentially work out a payroll protection plan as well. And that funding may be enough to catch up, uh, catch up on their their back rent, uh, utilities, and get the you know get their business kickstarted back again into existence. It may be possible. That's why I say, <clears throat> which is hilarious to me. Um, that the state, uh, that the states are, um, managing to, you know, are, so on this telephone town hall, uh, I learned an interesting fact that the Oklahoma Employment Security Commission, their call center normally is staffed by 11 people. So that's why they were just, they were just, they just, they just could not answer phones. I've called the OESC many times before. Um, and I usually get through, I mean, I'm on hold for maybe like five, 10 minutes because I've had to call them about, um, uh, about, uh, the, my account, uh, cause I had difficulty getting my account set up the first time that I had a W2 employee. I had to call them about, um, uh, about a, uh, a change basically anytime, <laughs> cause every time that I, their, their online system is a little bit clunky. And so I'd have to call and say, Hey, actually I got a letter. Could that be because it's government? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's it was their online system on the employer side of things was definitely a little clunky and not very self-explanatory. So I had to call to ask questions like, "Hey, is this the right account to set up? Am I doing this right?" And they're like, "Yeah, you're good." And then I got a letter um, a few months ago uh, saying that I owed them for quarter four um, uh, unemployment uh, um, taxes or on payroll taxes uh, for my unemployment insurance. And I, uh, so I had to call them and say, hey, I didn't have a W-2 employee for quarter four. And I'm pretty sure that I did it right. I dis, you know, I, I, I deactivated my account and, you know, I, I did it online. Did I do it right? So I called them and they said, oh, yes, turns out, and I can see where you turn it. So we'll just, we'll just get rid of that for you. It was just an error on there. So again, I've called these, I've called the OESC probably no less than five or six times in the past. I get through to them right away, which is kind of amazing considering that, you know, there's only 11 people there. And if I've called every single time getting, you know, I'm on hold for no longer than five minutes, that goes to tell you how little their call volume is under normal circumstances. Right. But when unemployment goes up 300 percent. Um, they were a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> and so they've hired like 200 more people and they're expected to hire another 200 people by the end of the month. Yeah, their call centers like exploding, right? And they've, they've, <laughs> yes. So they're going from like staff of like wow. 11 to like 500 or like 411, you know? Um, wow. Yeah, they've. That's how many, and and you, so imagine this, uh, and it makes sense because not only not only are a whole lot more people applying for unemployment because of this COVID nineteen, but a whole lot of people who have never done it before are now applying. So they're they're probably chock full of questions, and so they've revamped their website. They did that this last week it now look first off it looks a whole lot better so good on them it's more aesthetically pleasing but you know what is this function it functions a whole lot better too uh, they've got more information up there for f you know faqs frequently asked questions primarily geared towards those who are w2 employed so it offer answers a lot of questions online so if you're w2 employed or if you're if you have any questions at all first go to uh, unemployment.state.ok um, and and try and try and find your answers there. They also have a, a, a AI uh, chat that you can ask questions and it can potentially provide you answers before calling them. Uh, because trust me, you'll be nothing but frustrated whenever calling them. And it's, again, not entirely their fault. They're doing the best. So they When when this first kicked off, they had 11 people answering phones <laughs> and, wow. and probably several thousand people calling. So, that just,
1: I, yeah. I am having a hard time wrapping my mind Ooh. around that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I and, and I, I think that the, the two hundred people that they employed, I that they that they the jobs that they that they created, I don't think it was just call center. I think it's also helped to, to help process a lot of these things because there's a lot of things that have to be manually reviewed or manually processed. The online system works pretty well a lot of the times, but not all the times. There's always special cases where they have to manually approve a claim or something along those lines. But they, they do seem like genuinely willing to help people. People, if you listen on the town hall, you know the way that they refer to people who are um, applying. They don't refer to them as like um, <clears throat> uh, beneficiaries or citizens or whatever. They call them customers, and uh, they say we're doing our best to get you know get our, all of our customers paid, and and they genu- they they do take that approach. And every time that I've I've got a hold of the OESC in the past, as an empo- you know on the employer side of things to talk to them. They've been genuinely helpful and they're really good at you know taking care of whatever needs I had. So um, and so I, I think that the problem as clunky as things are going on that end is primarily because they're waiting for crap uh, information uh, from the federal government, not necessarily crap information. they're waiting from crap, for crap from the federal government and guidelines, and they're waiting for information from them in order to implement the application process for self-employed individuals so it is um it's a lot of it's a hold up on the federal government side of things another hold up or a difficulty in with you know answering phones and stuff is primarily because they've seen a massive increase in calls coming in, and they were severely understaffed for this scenario. Apparently, under normal circumstances, 11 people can handle the calls, uh, you know, on any given normal day. And, you know, now, with thousands of people calling in every day, that's not enough. They can't handle it. So um, so they've, they've addressed those issues. They've hired a whole lot more people. They're working on uh, getting everything taken care of, because I know that it's not just the self-employed individuals that are having concerns and questions and don't know how anything's going, which, by the way, um, be checking on that website to see if the portal's changed and see if uh, self-employed individuals can uh, apply in the near future. By the time this comes out, it probably will be available to self-employed individuals. And uh, But anyone who you know, is new to applying for unemployment, check, check the website first, especially if you're W-2 uh, employed and you're not self-employed. There's likely information on the website to cover most of those questions, because when I was reading through it, it seems like it gives like answers to almost everything except for those who are self-employed, primarily because they don't have the answers for those who are self-employed just yet. So, at any rate, that is the update. Um, Tyler's about to take a nap here in a second. Yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I guess we'll be, we'll, I'll be back next week. Uh, Tyler will be too. And we'll try and hopefully get some more information out to everybody. All these businesses that are in, uh, you know, desperate need of, uh, of basically help, uh, because the, they've been forced to shut down for, you know, through no fault of their own. So As of right now, things seem to be moving in the direction of people being able to get funding. But I think honestly, the first place that most people who, most business owners who are in trouble are going to be able to get funding from is probably unemployment. Um, So be looking for that in. any updates that I may send out also you can go to the OESC's website and sign up for email updates I highly recommend doing that they should be sending out um, any updates as as to when that will be available for self-employment so until next time um, have yourselves a wonderful day and continue to Try and do your best to make some jobs.